Shamrock Rovers won away from home and secured at least a group stage in the Europa Conference League. Sligo won a home, but their fate was sealed in the first leg hammering. And St. Pat's, they'll look back with regret after not eliminating CSK Sophia. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from the bigkickoff.com in a week week where Kerry made another key appointment. There was some argy-bargy in Tala as St. Pat's bow out and more good news for Finn Harps. Well, off the pitch anyhow. Nathan, welcome back. You, you're up in Tala, no doubt about it. You're up there. Yeah. I think we're going to start off with that because it was a big game for Pat's, a big game for Irish football. It didn't turn out the result that we wanted. No, no, unfortunately not, Roy. We're, we're a couple of days removed now from the game, aren't we? Uh, still a bitter taste in the mouth, I'm not going to lie. It's it's definitely a tough one to take. Uh, St. Pat's beating 2-1 by CSKA Sophia in the total qualification round of the Europa Conference League. Like I said, after an excellent 1-0 win um, away from home in Sophia, uh, brought them back to Tallis Stadium, uh, unfortunately beating 2-0 on the night. So, yeah, not the 2-1. What was the atmosphere like in Tallis, Nathan? Absolutely electric, mate. Yeah, that's the that's a really really positive highlight. I think there's about seven thousand fans there mm. in and around that ballpark. Um, it it was unbelievable to see it right uh, from start to finish. You know, where uh, really got the, the Pats fans in particular really really got behind the players. Um, you could see it made a huge huge difference. Um, weather obviously did help as well. It was absolutely scorching. We were in the east stand and the sun was facing us, and absolutely there was plenty of red aces by half time. Uh, but yeah, the atmosphere was absolutely electric. Unfortunately, you couldn't just push it over the line. And like I said, several taste in the mouth for a couple of different reasons, right? And we, we, we get into them. And if you think I'm starting to rant a little bit, pull me in with a few little questions. Uh, I'll try not to. I'll try to keep it brief. First of all, uh, I thought Pats for the better side over the two legs. Like I said, excellent performance uh, in Sofia to, to come out with a late goal to give us something to tell it. Brilliant. But this game now, we talked about the away leg before. So the game in Tallaght, Roy. Like Pats had had four or five huge chances. You know, Adam O'Reilly in the first half was was, was true on goal. The keeper was off his line. <laughs> Done a Manuel Neuer job. He was really a sweeper in a couple of different occasions. He he came out really well. Owen Doyle with a flash header just I think it could have kissed the uh, the, the the outside of, of the post on the way uh, the way out, which is again very close. Adam O'Reilly had another one that when he was put through on goal and really should be scoring. So that is disappointing as well. I, I said it loads of times, I hate coming on here and blaming officials and referees for not getting through. I think it's a really easy cop-out. But so there don't. Was some, there were some <laughs> egregious decisions, Roy. Uh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen the penalty uh, decision to, 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 to send them through. Crazy. You know, looking at it uh, in real time, it was hard to see. So you can understand the ref has that view as well. But you look back, Roy, it's clear to see that. But the biggest problem the with... Ball, the, the ball clearly hit the Sophie and the player in the hand forced. I, yeah, I, the I, biggest I, problem is, Nathan, thing. that there's no VAR in these games. And, yeah. you know, he's only seeing what he sees. And this is this is where... This is the reason why people were shouting for VAR, etc. Now, VAR has its own problems. So, But when you looked at the game overall, you've just said it. There is, there has been about three or four opportunities before this happened and St. Pat's didn't take their opportunities. And yeah. that's why I said at the start of it, they look back with regret. 
And not only that, Roy, yeah, the chances are a big one. And that's what I don't want to hone in on, on the officials. Pats fans and people at the game going, how to opinion? Oh, yeah, my own opinion. I thought there were some mental decisions. But you can't just go off that as well. Pats had the chances. And as well, you know yourself, Roy, in these sort of games, the first 10, 15 minutes, keep it tight, keep it close. But they gave away a goal in the ninth minute from a very basic corner routine. Shot themselves in the foot, made it extremely difficult from the board goal. So that doesn't help either. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely a tough one to take, mate. Just it's like you, you could even see by the by the reaction of the CSKA Sophia players at the end, it was nothing but pure relief. I, I think they thought when they, when they got drawn against St. Pat's, it was going to be a walkover, the mm. foregone conclusion. But they really did make it difficult. Pat's have been brilliant uh, performance wise, and they've got difficult draws like NS Morva and CSKA Sophia. They are not easy draws at all, and. They really did do themselves proud. Um, yeah. Which surprised I, you it, most? St. Pat's performance or Sophia, their level of play? Their level of play, especially at home, right? They, they, they offered absolutely nothing in the home leg, didn't they? Zero. They outdid a little bit here. Uh, Very uh, panicky uh, as well, weren't they? they? Yeah, yeah. And like Even at the game at Halleroy, like the, the, mid, the guy number 21 in the midfield, I thought it was brutal on the night. There people behind me compared to the Yaya Torre, which... I didn't uh, see well, him. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a Yaya yeah, Torre fan anyhow. So. <laughs> I, I thought he was extremely leggy. I thought their two centre-halves did not want the ball. And when the ball came to the feet, panic stations hit in. I thought he went out on the feet by the 60th minute. So, yeah, definitely a tough one to take. Um, I don't know. Do we address the elephant in the room with the, the, the St. Pat's uh, club statement about the, the racial abuse? It, 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 we could just go into a people here and 42 St. Pat's players... Uh, one was racially abused throughout the game another one racially abused uh, abused uh, on their personal social media pages um, it's, it's a club of the history of this but, We've but seen by, Adam, by who Nathan who, what, what direction was that coming from CSKA fans right CSKA okay. Sophia fans you have a history of it Adam it's not Pardew. a surprise though is it and in, in all no. fairness it, there's a lot of that out in Eastern Europe they they, they don't yeah. seem to have got a handle of that at all out there no, I'm just going just to say, maybe uh, Alan Pardew, will, uh, most people listening in will know who Alan is. A uh, very uh, famous manager, you know, in, in the Premier League. He left, he was a CSKA Sophia manager not too long ago. He left as a manager and he's also the technical director at the club uh, due to their own home fans throwing bananas and racially abusing their own black players. So it's a club with a history of it. Uh, there's, there's photographs going around of the, the, the Nazi uh, Nazi stickers with the the club crest on it around Dublin. Um, so yeah, that that's a horrible side of things. I hate to see that happening. It, it, so hopefully the the guys that were abused are okay. They're, they're good to go uh, for the game now against Sligo Rovers. But yeah, it, things like this, you, you just I think we have to mention it as well. Roy, hopefully see you wait for stepping in. Yeah, you do. But I... major fines. And this isn't me saying you know like hand out or kick them out and get passed back in. Don't care about that. You just want to see. Justice being done because, like you said, boy, it, it, there's a history of. I'm not going to bring any other clubs into it, but talking about safe so fair, there's a history of it there, and they need to get a handle on it. And as you said, there clearly has not been a handle put on it. And the problem is, Nathan, it's not that UEFA UEFA can give them ten thousand euro fine; they can give them a hundred thousand euro fine. The problem is, society out in in, in those areas hasn't changed its view, and 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 hasn't been forced to change its view, and. It's not; they're not strict enough out in these countries to cut this out. So once society there, governments in, the, in these areas, people in these areas don't want to change that uh, the way they view 
racism, then it's never going to change. That's always going to be there. And it, that's where it leaks into football. So yeah. it's not necessarily a footballing problem. It's it's a society problem for these areas. Yeah, definitely. Like we was looking at some of the reactions of the Sophia fans and social media just to see what they were reckoning. And a lot of it was laughing off the claims or just claiming it never happened. Um, yeah, there's no onus or responsibility being taken whatsoever. But yeah, it's, it's sad to see. That's another reason why I think there's still a bit of taste in the mouth. Uh, they've been a difficult club to work with. Over oh, there was reports of uh, St. Pat's fans being attacked in Sophia. Now we have this sort of incidents happening. Uh, there was unsavory scenes as well at the end of the game, Roy. I don't know if you didn't if you have seen that. I've seen well. that, Nate. It, it, no, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that one because I looked at the game and I then I looked at back at different footage. <laughs> I, I, and I think St. Pat's fans, a lot of St. Pat's, and I know Keith was at the game and I, I kind of glanced at his video yeah. just to see, but I do think that like there was a lot of provocation. You're going to get stuff like in Europe where people are rolling around, where they're looking to take advantage. That's always been the way in Europe. Nothing has yeah. changed. But I think the raw emotion from St. Pat's fans, knowing that there was an opportunity to get through there, knowing that it was slipping away from their hands and any sort of, you know, gesture towards or standing in front of the St. Pat's fans taunting them or anything like that it was going to get blown out of proportion I think it got all yeah. blown out of proportion I don't think it yeah. was as bad as what it was again don't go over and do that but it, it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world and of course yeah. then there was a little bit of pushing and stuff like that that's handbags that's absolutely oh, nothing I, 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 I'm I've going to say there. that Nathan and, you're, and you, you probably might defend your, the St. Pat's fans but I thought I'm very very disappointed in St. Pat's fans throwing bottles on the pitch not only could they hit uh, uh, anyone there stewards or that and their own players it was, it was I thought it was just daft I know pa- things are running high but you're going to yeah. get your club I mean, they're after making decent money over. You don't want money taken off your club just because you decided. Like, and I'm gonna say it. There's idiots out there who are doing that, and I don't care what you say. Temperatures are running high. I never. I always at football games. Yes, you're you're passionate, passionate. You you want your team to do well. I never thought. Listen, I'll throw a bottle on the pitch here because they're mindless idiots. I don't care what anyone says, yeah. and I don't even want to come and talk to me about it. I'm absolutely happy to talk to them about it because it's it's stupidity, absolute stupidity. You have to be able to take those kind of things on the chin because no no doubt that Pats fans and, and other fans around the league and the world taunt players too. Yeah, no, I'm not going to defend it, Roy. I'm not. Because uh, like I said, there's going to be hefty fines coming in now. Some of the European prize money is going to have to go because some fucking idiots are throwing bottles onto the pitch. Um, it was thrown at proportion. It was like, it was, like, was unsavory to see. You hate to see anything like that, but I was reading reports saying there was, there was an air riot on the pitch. It wasn't. It was it wasn't pushing and shoving. There was, it was... Simmer down fairly quickly, you know. Yeah, I think Adam O'Reilly yeah, got sent off after the 90 minutes. That's a shame. I, I didn't see what happened on that end, but I was listening to even the, the press conference afterwards, and I think Jamie Lennon got fielded about 10 questions about it. There was more questions about what happened after the game than the game itself, you know. Where I think we're just as a society, especially with media, we love to glorify these things and really hone in on who said what and what happened, but yeah, it was definitely far from O'Reilly, but um. Yeah, you know, you won't hear me defending, throwing on bottles or things that onto the pitch. Solely because, you know, the club works so hard to, to, to earn this money in Europe and now they're going to have to take a good chunk out of it. Because you know yourself, why you way for do not mess around with, with these fines. Oh, they like to get it's a bit not, of money it's back. Not be, it's not going to be a couple of thousand. You're going to be looking at 100,000, 200,000 just because someone threw a few bottles on the pitch over what is, is, is Sophia player standing there and 
making a few and, and it takes away, it takes away Nathan because looking at the game again and I said look back at loads of different video clips and that, looking at, taking away from the the passionate and brilliant support yeah. from the St. Pat's fans because the singing was brilliant. It was constant. Yeah. You know, good the support stuff. for the team was amazing. The team put in a, a good performance. Again, they'll regret it, but, you know, that's the little regret at the end. You know, sometimes you got to take on that, you know, uh, be, being provoked because, again, uh, supporters do provoke players as well. So you've got to, you've got to take it on the chin as much as they take it on the chin as well. Um, Shamrock Rovers, Nathan... They have got through. They they've been brilliant so far in this qualifying campaign. As have really all the Irish teams. It's been a good year for the Irish teams in Europe. They now have an opportunity to go into the Europa League, uh, but they have confirmed themselves in the group stage of the Conference League. Yeah, right. That's the worst case scenario. Getting into the the group stage of the Europa Conference League and to be three point three million euro uh, guaranteed to do that. Then if they get in, if they progress past the next round and get into the Europa League with three point six million, and then when you get into the group, it's even better. If you win a game, it's uh, six hundred thirty thousand for a win, and then if you draw a game, it's two hundred ten thousand. So definitely plenty of more money on the table for Shamrock Rovers. Uh, as you said, they beat Scrubby of North Macedonia five two uh, over two legs in the third qualification round of the Europa League. Next up is Fring Vargas from Hungary. This is uh, again. It's going to be a difficult, difficult uh, draw, Roy, isn't it? This is a side that we've seen in the Champions League group stages. Uh, I think it was last time it was the 2020-2021, so not mm-hmm. not that long back ago again. And then we've seen them in the Europa League in the 2019 20 and 21-22. So they've been consistent uh, in terms of getting to the group stages of major uh, European competitions over the past couple of years. Uh, the first leg will be Thursday, uh, the 18th of August. That'll be away in Budapest. And then a week later, we'll have the uh, the, the home leg uh, on Thursday, the 25th in Palace Stadium. So, yeah, look, best of luck to Shamrock Rovers. Uh, like I said, plenty of money still on the table. It's only going to help with the away for, uh, coefficient rankings as well. We're up to 36, like you said, because of the great runs of Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers uh, and St. Pat's. So, you know, we had this, this countries like uh, Kosov, uh, Belarus and Moldova ahead of us in them rankings. So definitely there's, there's still plenty of opportunity to get ourselves in the rounds, uh, the, 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 the top 30, which can only improve uh, going forward. I think if we get to the top 30, the winners of the FEI Cup will find themselves automatically into the second qualifying round, for, uh, I think, for the Conference League. So, look, there's a slow improvements that are going to have to be made. Um just coming off this, we talked about the second leg there in Tallis Stadium, Roy. I seen, I was reading an article that Shamrock Rovers uh, inquired for their when you get into the group stages to be the those games to be played in the Aviva Stadium, even though Tallis Stadium would be it, 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 it's up to standard. They can play the group stages in Tallis Stadium if they want it. What do you reckon about that? Do you think that? There's sort of two ways to it. I'm actually going to firmly sit under, I hate doing it, but sitting on this fence because you can understand the boost in revenue. If you do go to the Aviva Stadium, you can potentially get more fans in into the grounds. But I think you're missing a trick if you're, you're giving up a packed and compact uh, Tallis Stadium atmosphere because if you've got like 8,000 rowdy Shamrock Rovers fans in there, I think that's going to provide a much better atmosphere than just say 20,000 fans in the Aviva where it can seem a bit empty and dead when there's 20,000 20, fans in the Aviva Stadium. Yeah. Um, listen, football comes down, especially at this level, it comes down to money. Money is a big thing for League of Ireland clubs. Um, no doubt someone like 
Cardi FC now who we'll be talking about later on uh, they've made a, a key appointment in their new head of academy they'd be looking at ways to boost their uh, finances and, and way of progressing their club and something like this is purely financial Nathan they're looking at what can they get out of eight, 9,000 maybe 8 to 9,000 for, for the, the game in Tala I think they're look hoping that they might get 20,000 at the games for this. They're not going to fill out the Aviva, but no, depends no. who they get, though, also. It depends who they get. But You know yourself, right? if they go into the... Con- just sorry to interrupt you, but if they go into, you know, the Europa League or even the Conference League, the Conference League to get West Ham, the Europa League are looking at Manchester United. I think Rangers are in there. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, like, definitely. Will and, will if they, if they can... Non-League of Ireland fans to come to the Yeah, so if they can get that, that's great, but... I think with they're looking at 20,000. They're looking at getting money in. A club like Shamrock Rovers, the way they're built, and I agree with you on what you said. Football-wise, stay in Tala. You know, they know they know the pitch, they know the area, they know what way, you know, everything works around, around there. It's their home venue. Perfect. If you want to have a fighting chance, they'll still have a fighting chance in the Aviva, but you're going to get more money in. And Shamrock Rovers has a model there where they need to create money to stay full time and all League of Ireland clubs and we'll probably be talking about bows later on and, and how they, they're structured all these League of Ireland clubs have to get into a business like thought process if they want to survive full time for the years to come and this is an opportunity that's probably too good to you know not take I think they need. They probably need to do it financially. That's the that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing, and it, and it's. I mean, if you're talking about doubling or even depending on the team, tripling what you could get as as home. Well, I, I, for them, I, I think it's a no brainer. They've got to take advantage of it. I know they're getting their three point three million. I know they could get extra money, but every cent counts. And if you want, we can't scream out for these clubs to give three and four year contracts and then tell them not to take money when the opportunity comes up. So. Money-wise, I totally understand, and I agree. Though, uh, you know, probably taking a little bit away from playing in Tala. Yeah, yeah, I think we're both sort of still having an offense, and we. So, anyone listening here, we'd love to get uh, your opinion on it. Wouldn't we, right, to see what other people think? Um, Absolutely. Would you Absolutely. go for the boosting revenue, or are we just going to solely be uh, football purists and hope for a packed out Tala Stadium? Uh, but if if you're not going to be at the games, it was also announced that Virgin Media. Will be showing all uh, group stage games. <clears throat> um, people are sort of going on the future media, the, the Messiahs and saving um, the, the League of Ireland, showing the European games. But the contract, they, they have a contract there to show the Europa League and Europa Conference League group stages where RTE don't. So I wouldn't be jumping on that bandwagon that quickly. You could see. No. <clears throat> no. Hey, sorry. Well, good to hear. Enjoy. Good to fairly yeah. good to hear. But you know. They're going to always preference Arsenal, Manchester United, West Ham. Like you, could, you could see probably Shamrock always be on Virgin Media 11 or something. Um, <laughs> but it does, don't get me wrong, I was, was very disappointed to see that RTE, our national broadcaster, didn't show um, the, the game uh, in, in Tallah Stadium on Tuesday. That's oh, not a surprise such, though, such, Nathan, is it? No, it's, it's not. No, no, that's not I, 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 I see people throwing posts up about it. And listen, that's, we know what way it is, the, lo- the way the land lies with that. So, um, yeah. It's it's just the way it is. So you, you, we yeah. kind of have to get over it. Just to finish off on on the whole lot of this, Sligo Rovers did get a win, but unfortunately the hammering away from in Norway had that dealt with. And what? How do we look back at Sligo? 
Yeah, Roy, as you said, we were beaten 5-2 over two legs by Vikings in the tour qualification round of the Europa Conference League. It was a done deal, wasn't it? It was a done deal in Norway, beating 5 run. But yeah, look, they got a bit of pride with a 1-0 win in the showgrounds. Got a uh, Will Fitzgerald goal, giving them a, a famous night. All, all, it, was, it was done and dusted, but it was a good win for them. Can I uh, say, Nathan, I, I, Will Fitzgerald has done himself no harm in this campaign at all? No, he hasn't, Roy. He hasn't either. There's been a couple of players that stood out for me. I thought Aidan Keener was impressive throughout it as well. But Will has been brilliant, hasn't he? Mm. Uh, plenty of life anytime you see him come on. I, he came on, for, what was the game I was looking at? I think it was the Motherwell game, Roy, at home. And he didn't start. He came on as a substitution about a half an hour gone, uh, a half an hour to go. And the life that he brought into the game, him and the young lad. Just uh, kept taking well. on people, taking yeah. on people. It was great to see. Yeah, yeah, just such a positive uh, positive attitude towards the game. Happy to take the ball at his feet, never went hiding. So, brilliant for him. But it, it really, Roy, uh, Sligo Rovers fans should be very proud of this European run. It's their best European run uh, in the club's history. Uh, so, definitely, really disappointed to, to, to get beaten 5-1 in Norway. It's, it's, it's brilliant to see that they have done so well. Again, helps the league as a whole, helps the coefficient rankings. We should be back in every league of Ireland side in Europe. Um, but for them now, all is on that battle for fourth place because it's it's, it's going to be a tasty one, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a tasty one. And just on that now, because again, we've, we've a few different things. We're going to talk about Finn Harps and, and their stadium. Uh, and again, uh, Kerry, which is absolutely great that we're talking about Kerry. But when you look at the, the league, the European spots now are huge because you look at Sligo, they get 700,000 you know, or or St. Pat's 700,000, whatever it is, nearly close to a million. This is huge money. This is like four years winning the league or whatever it is yeah. that they've earned. So when you look at the top four places, it's not just about winning the league now. Can you get yourself into those European spots? Can you go on? Because you know that the league is, is, is a better level than it was. Can you go on and, and, and make some money out of that? And then obviously make sure that your 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 part-time teams go full-time and your full-time teams can give extended contracts. So the likes of Bowes, the likes of, you know, Pats and all those teams are really looking at this as somewhere they can improve their club. But do the league have to help out? Do the FAI have to help out in this case? Like Shamrock Rovers had to play the other night. Do they need to be given time off in between these European games? Do they need to... F- you know, change fixtures and just help our teams out a little bit. Yeah, Roy, that's actually an interesting point you brought it up. Uh, there was a lot of controversy with the St. Pat's and Shelbourne game as well, with St. Pat's being stuck over in yeah. Bulgaria after the, the win in Sofia. A lot of outcry, uh, understandably, from Shelbourne fans, disappointing that they, they weren't uh, made to play the game or feel the under-19s or whatever it may be. But I, I think so. I think shouting at, at you know, St. Pat's or shouting at Shamrock Rovers is the one way to go about it. The FBI, they know the fixture list. They get the fixture list uh, in December. And they know when the European games are going to be. I think we should be accommodating around the European games because as we keep hammering in, when you have a League of Ireland side doing well in Europe, it of course, it, it affects them positively with that improved bank balance. But it's going to affect the league. It's going to affect... Um, hopefully a couple of now it's going to be a good few years down the line if we keep uh, improving up the rankings uh, possibly an extra European place possibly even if you find ourselves up in the dizzying heights of the, the 20s or the teens you could have one side possibly even getting automatically into a group stage you never yeah. know these are things that are long term goals and that might be Shelbourne in a couple of years time you know exactly it might so be, we've, you know, we've got to look out for goals. each other you know how this this league goes, right? We have a, a Cork City side down in the fourth division that were our champions 
five, six years handful ago. Handful of years ago, yeah. Yeah, not that long ago. And that, that's that's only that's just a one off the top of the head. This isn't a once off team. It's something that we've seen a lot. We've seen a wish Shelbourne win the league, drop the United League champions in 2005, 2006, in, that, in that time frame. Um, so we've seen it happen up and down the board. So, yeah, I think the FAI should definitely be helping out and, and making sure that they, they just give this side in Europe. I'm not just saying it because I'm Pats, you know, I'd say it, Pats were in a relegation battle and we're looking at other clubs in Europe. Give them the best chance possible to, to go on a good European run and to make as much money as possible and to improve the overall coefficient rankings. Yeah. Now, the fans' question is back at the end of the show. Uh, Nathan has decided to bring it back, <laughs> thankfully. Um, I didn't uh, we'll talk about Finn Harp's first, Nathan, because as you said, off the pitch, everything seems to be going great. Uh, they've been given a green light. On the pitch, not so great. And well, God, they could have a new stadium, but be playing in, in the first division. Yeah, the could be, Roy did have did a bad defeat, didn't he? Um, Friday night, uh, away to UCD, real bottom of, of the uh, bottom of the table clash there. Brilliant result for UCD. Been and what a winner. Excellent. Oh, absolutely screamer, wasn't it? It was an absolute Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Absolute shit with Evan Carfrey because it was an absolute peach. There were some great goals this weekend. Did you see some of the goals even in the mm. fourth division, Roy? Yeah. If you ha- anyone listening hasn't got onto uh, the, the League of Ireland social uh, yeah, League of Ireland social media pages, you, you will see plenty of highlights uh, of some absolutely worldly sport. Yeah, onto this Finn Harp Stadium. It was officially announced by the club on the social media platforms. That uh, Minister for Sport, Jack Chambers, has given the green light for plans to recommence work on the Donegal Community Stadium. Uh, they're expecting work will begin in the near future and they're hoping that it could be completed, uh, completed ahead of the 2024 season. So we talked about the money. Where are they getting the money for this? Uh, it had a government, government grant of around uh, €4 million Euro, has already been uh, divvied out. And Donegal County Council and the FEI are providing €500,000 each. Uh, for the project so again this feels like a project that's going to go ahead Nathan, it does it? right it does it's going to go ahead it, it, it really is it definitely I think 2024 is a realistic prospect uh, the bones of the stadium is, is there it's been sitting up in Bally Buffet for the longest time it's a long overdue um, shout out to the, the stadium committee have worked hard to see over the past decade to, to, to get this back up and running uh, if you're listening in, Finn Harris will be starting fundraisers to, to, to get money together to keep the project afloat and to make sure it does get completed. So if you want to help out, check out Finn Harp's social media pages. Um, but not only that, Roy, it's brilliant for Finn Harps and it's brilliant for Donegal, but for football in the Northwest in particular, it's absolutely excellent because it's going to be a community stadium. It's going to be used for other aspects of sport in the Northwest. So brilliant for everybody up there. Yeah, delighted. And we've talked, how many times have we talked about stadiums? Falling through or getting delayed or getting pushed back, so to finally have some positive news, uh, it's brilliant yeah. because this definitely seems uh, unbelievably realistic. Yeah, and let's let's not talk about Daily Mount this week, okay? Uh, yeah, take a week off. Kerry, Kerry have made another key appointment with a new head of academy. Brilliant, Roy. Keep the good news coming. I know it's, it's probably the most positive show we've had. Same patch, always same patch. Always, that way. Um, yeah, so Damien Locke has been appointed the new head of academy for Kerry FC. Who was Damien Locke? Um, <laughs> that sounds real disaffected. Yeah. <laughs> Who was Damien Locke? Uh, I'm going to tell you because I had a little look at Damien's uh, Locke's uh, Wikipedia. So Damien, uh, the good chunk of spirit in Wexford, he was the manager from uh, November 2016 to July 2019. He was also the assistant manager. While at Wexford, um, he was involved with IT Carlo as the football development officer. 
and he had a similar role in uh, Munster University down in Kerry. So it's good to know that he, that he knows the, the setup of, of Kerry football with his time in Munster. Uh, key roles in the FEI. He was also academy director over in the States. So, yeah, plenty of experience. A, a young guy. He's a Kerry native as well, Roy. So it, it it's, just makes sense, doesn't it? Because you're looking at Kerry. We talked about Kerry a good bit in terms of the homegrown route they're going. They seem to have a clear plan for how a regional club can survive. Uh, we've seen Wexford as well. Didn't we make, make similar uh, announcements that they're going yeah. to really hone in local football. So it's only going to be a benefit for, for Kerry as a club, for, for, for young footballers in Kerry and for Kerry District League that have been doing some brilliant work before the Kerry FC have even come around. So that's only going to build on the platform that Kerry District League have built um, to really make a a natural pathway for these footballers and carry that they can stay at home and play that football and and we're looking uh, forward uh, Nathan to the, the the 2023 season and hopefully you know carry or maybe 2024 it depends on what materializes over the next little while but Kerry in a first division is going to be great. It'll just bring a bit of fresh air to the to the scene. Now you talk about the first division, or I talk about the first division. What a weekend of results, Nathan, because we'll just touch on the results for a couple of minutes and all of a sudden Waterford are, are creeping up there. And is it is it a possibility? Yeah, looking for a while, wasn't it? That Cork City were really going ahead with it, but you have uh, Galway are up the tail, three points behind them. But as you said, mate. Waterford picking up a, an excellent win against Galway, 2-1 at home, uh, building off a brilliant 2-1 away win to treat United uh, the week before that. I got to see Waterford play St. Pat's in the Cup and he knocked them out. I was really, really impressed by Roy. Very, very impressed. Uh, that, that back line that they have is super. Uh, Killian Catwell was excellent. A nice super wally out on the right-hand side was brilliant. There's no reason what he can do because the squad of players that he have there now, I, I think it's head and shoulders better than the squad that he had in the Premier Division last season. Mm. So there's definitely enough quality there uh, all throughout the, the entire squad. Um, they look gone at one stage. Didn't they, they looked at all they can hope for was a player opposition. But yeah, they're definitely back in the title race now. They think they're 10 points off Cork City. Um, yeah, nine nine points off Cork City, and that's that's not a lot when people have to play each other again. Uh, but even if they're in the playoff place, they're on such a run at the moment that it, nothing's impossible. And of course, between Cork and Galway, anything can happen there because they're so close. But as I said, it's not they're not far off Waterford, so they really do have put themselves in a good chance. The only thing is is that they have to keep up that form to keep up with them. And if, if there's a little bit of pressure there, if you lose a game and, and the others win, Cork win, they're extending the lead. So that it may be too much to catch up, but they're certainly giving themselves every chance. When you look at the rest of the league, Nathan, you've got the likes of Longford, who slightly disappointed with because I thought they were going to kick on and, and, and they well, they're doing okay. They haven't really, but again, playoffs, this is the amazing thing with the playoffs. Once you hit them playoffs, anything's possible. Treaty still giving themselves a chance. And uh, Wexford, you have to say, it's a great turnaround for Wexford, isn't it? Yeah, 32 really. points so far this season. It'd be great to see them get into the playoffs, wouldn't it? It really oh, would be. Just, just the walk that's going on down there, it's such a positive step compared to two years ago when we probably even started doing the show. It was nothing but negativity around them. You got Ian Ryan in, who's been doing an absolutely brilliant job on the field, uh, showing his commitment as well when he turned down the Waterford job. The new CEO coming in, they, they actually have an identity and a plan for the first time in what feels forever, right? So yeah. I'd love to see them get into the playoffs. 
Uh, and just looking before we came on here, I was looking at the, the fixtures. Just to jump back to Waterford for, for a second. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Cork City uh, twice over the next three games in the league. So two two huge, huge games have come up. And so two wins there, Roy. They're, they're not on the outsiders. They're, they're back in the hunt big time. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's shaping up excellent uh, for a title chase and for a playoff position. Um, the playoffs and the league title race, it always is really, really tense and tense to go down to the wire. But, yeah, we're looking at a three-horse race for the uh, for the league title. And, you know, it looks like Longford, Treaty United and Wexford uh, for that final playoff position will be a great one. Look, we don't want to hone in on too much. We talked about Bray Wanderers a lot. We... we, we uh, be negative on Bray Wanderers a lot this season, but is it a season they just need to get over, get to, get yeah. get to the Christmas and and restart again? Yeah, it seems to be Roy, doesn't it? Just did this uh, the the merger with Cabin Tealy has just been nothing but a disaster uh, mm. throughout the whole season, which is mad. You know, you, you look at the squad at the start of the season; it was probably one of the, the most dense in both divisions. You know, they thought it was it was full of, of really good players. I thought he would have been in there for a playoff fight. That looks like that's even gone out the window now at this stage. I think mm. it is one to just chalk it off as a terrible season. Make it, they're going to have to make a lot of changes behind the scenes. Oh, it's going to be um, have to be huge, Nathan, because it could be, be similar huge. next yeah. season if they don't yeah. organise it and get it. Uh, whatever it is that's going on down there, whatever divide there is, they need to sort it out quickly. I, I think it's gone past the divide of, you know, like a couple of players, a couple of bad eggs seems to be rotten to the core at the moment, doesn't it, Roy? Yeah, it does, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, quickly, we'll look through the, the Premier Division because there's three areas. Relegation, Europe, and the league relegation all the time you look to Finn Harp you always thought well you know they mightn't do enough to get themselves up the table but they'll always do enough to keep themselves out of that bottom bottom relegation spot not so at the moment no not anymore Roy Um, like I said usually they've been brilliant over the past couple of weeks Uh, the the B Sligo Rovers uh, in the showgrounds albeit that was Sligo coming off their their big uh, win against Motherwell Good draw and head the game park and draw it. And as just, we just talked about, a great two-one win in the UCD Bowl against Finn Harps. Uh, it's it's a, it's a two it's a two-man shootout, isn't it? For the yeah. relegation battle, that's what it is. And just on um, that, though, Nathan, when you look at because as you said, you've seen Waterford a couple of times now as well. When you look at Finn Harps and when you look at UCD, and then you look at the likes of Waterford, who could be in a playoff game against the one of these two if if all things go right for Waterford. Of course, there's Galway there in Cork. You just don't know what's going to happen. Could it be possible, because you always nearly see the Premier Division team kind of win through uh, nine, eight times out of ten or whatever, but is it this time a lot closer and uh, be fearful being in those playoff places? I think so, Roy, with, with three full-time teams yeah. uh, in the fourth division. And it's, it's like we said, it's it's either going to be Cork, Galway, Waterford that get that automatic uh, promotion. So then you have two full-time teams in the playoffs, along with a very game, Longford sides, and a treaty or a Wexford that will be no push always either. Albeit he won't be the favourite to get through. Um, yeah, I would be definitely fearful. I, I'd, I'd actually fancy the fourth division side, whoever that may be, to win the playoff, especially yeah. if it is one of the full time teams. To, to so be we could, either we... uh, Finn Harps or uh, UCD. And you know what? It, it might sound harsh. UCD or Finn Harps uh, supporters. I think I'd actually prefer to see one of the full time teams come up. Should uh, should the playoffs be gone? It shouldn't be gone, but it should be. It should be definitely should, changed up. Should it? two it's, go it's, down it's, and then have eight places a playoff? You should either do it as two go down and two go up, or if you want to keep the playoffs 
it shouldn't be as much as an ordeal that it is. You know, you could have a team that... So, if Force of Inside goes into uh, the semi-final, then you get to the final, and then you have to go and play the eight, the, the ninth place team in another final. So, they could go through all that. Well, so what, it's a lot of games, though. It's a lot of games. What I'm saying is, with... when you look at the playoff games, for the First Division teams... They have to go through a lot of games before they play the one game that the Premier Division team. It's it's not done fairly. It's no. not done fairly at all. So should there be a case now that first and second should go automatically up? This is the way I would see it. Tenth and ninth go automatically down from the the Premier Division. Eighth place in the Premier Division should have to play a playoff game between the winners of, I don't know, third and fourth maybe, or third, fourth and fifth, whatever way you want to do it. Maybe there's only a couple of games that you have to get through in the first division. I just think that the divisions probably need to be refreshed a little bit and oh, it goes right. against everything in the first division. You could be stuck in the first division in a long, long time. I'd even go to a once-off game right, uh, between the third place side in the first division and the eighth place side uh, in, in the Premier Division. Because okay. like you said, looking at now, uh, the, the, the sides in the playoff that they get to the the game between the, the, the Premier Division side and the Force Division side, they go through five games. That's yeah. a lot for, for a one-game shootout that could just come to nothing after all that. So, yeah, I, I really do think that either has to be scrapped completely, of two up, two down, or really, really reshape it because it's, it's meant it's because so when many you... hoops to jump through uh, after such a grueling season as well. Like I said, look, in an ideal world, we should be having two divisions, maybe even three divisions. Well, yeah. this is what yeah. I was going to say. A third, tier, a third tier would nullify the need for having that five-team playoff because all yeah. of a sudden then you have relegation, which they'll have to look yeah. over the shoulder. So that'll keep the division alive. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, this, uh, we just talked about Brave Rondos. Brave Rondos was Cove Ramblers not alone now. The, the season's done and dusted. You just want to yeah. get it over it now at this yeah. stage. Just, there's nothing to play for. Yeah. Where if you have that relegation, already it makes it a bit more interesting. It's not just dead wood now at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, while it would be great to see the, the, the tour division come into play, it's that being pushed back again. So this is going to be one of these things, isn't it? It's going to be put on the long finger. We might not see the tour division for years down the line now. I, I think, anyway. Um, so focus now on reshaping. Like Kerry, Kerry coming in would be a great addition if you can get another one or two clubs that can feasibly stay in the fourth division. That would be brilliant. Get two, two divisions with 12 healthy sides in it. Make it competitive. And like I said, down the line, Introduce that third division, uh, so you have the factor of relegation in the fourth division, and that will make it make it competitive throughout the entire season. Where now it's at a stage where there's always three or four sides that are just dead in the water by summertime. You have nothing to play for at all. Yeah, Bowes, Shelburne, Drogheda, only a handful of points away from yeah. the, but don't really look like they could get that European spot, do they? No, on paper it is really tight. Uh, but I do think if you're looking at that four position, you're, you're more so looking at Pats and Sligo. And then you hope that either, if you're a Pats or Sligo fan, you, ho- you hope uh, Sean McGraw was Dundalk at Derry win the cup. So then the four position goes into European football. Uh, it have been pretty poor over the past couple of weeks. You had a really good win against Shelbourne uh, on Friday night, a 3-1 uh, victory. But in recent, in before that, they drew with UCD, as we mentioned, and then lost 3-0 up in Valley Buffet to Finn Harp. So, mm. It looked like they were actually giving themselves a bit of a panic station to be dragged into that uh, relegation battle. But no, I, I think they're, they're safe in that regard. But I can't see them going on a consistent run to really panic the likes of uh, Pats of Sligo for that four position. Yeah, and again, as you said, they need someone to win that cup who've already 
got that European spot. Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, not so much dirty, but can Dundalk yeah. catch Shamrock Rovers? It's not out of realms of possibility, I don't think. I think they, they, they've been excellent. The, the, the European adventure, would that take its toll? Could it take I its toll? It could, I, I said this, Roy, when the, before the European adventure started. I think I, we had all a Crilly on. We had all a big Dundalk fan. Um, I, I didn't mean it in a disrespectful way, but Dundalk not having European football is going to be a huge factor for them. They're going to yeah. be that a bit more fresher. They're not going to be playing towards this Sunday for the next for the upcoming uh, uh, the, the finishing months of the season. Huge game coming up now, Roy, on the, the 21st. Uh, Shamrock Rovers playing Dundalk. That's going to be absolutely massive uh, next week. So that's, well, that, that won't be the deciding factor. There's still plenty of football. We're coming into the business end of the season now. There's still plenty of football to be played. I think uh, Dundalk have recruited very well throughout the summer. They got in some key players uh, that will make it interesting and they really will push, albeit Shamrock Rovers. They went through a bit of an injury spell there, didn't they, with Jack Bourne, like yeah. Graham Book, but they're starting to get them back too. I think they can push them. Whether they can overtake them is a different story, but I don't think they'll be uh, dominant Shamrock Rovers run towards the title for the end of the season. I think it will be interesting at least we'll have a yeah. two-horse race. Because I like as yourself, Roy, I think Derry are a little bit behind now off the pace. I think they'll be they'll be battling for a top position with the likes of uh, Pats and Sligo. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do think Dundalk and push Rovers a lot of the way anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, let's go to the... The question of the week, the fans' question of the it's week. Back. Yeah. It's a question of the month now at this stage. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, a main man, Kevin Sheridan, pulled through again. Good man, Kev. Um, just could have helped us out a bit sooner. Now we're being No, good man, Kev. Appreciate it. Uh, so, Kevin asks, uh, What's the best win by a league of Ireland side in Europe? Now, Kev, I will say, I think we answered this. So, I threw a little caveat in myself, Roy. Um, any favourite memories of European sides in Europe? Because I do think we answered that best win in Europe a couple of years ago. I'm not too sure. But we'll answer it anyway. We'll answer it anyway in, in case anyone new was listening in. So, yeah, there's, it's a two-part, two Roy. Best win by a League of Ireland side in Europe and any particular favourite memories? Listen, I, I, not, I won't go favourite memories because I... Because Luke and Adnan in Europe, yeah. And they win the cup, they win the cup, they'd be new. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's not that uh, any League of Ireland fixtures that they do well uh, get a result in Europe is would be my favourite because I, I'm always looking for the teams to go on and do well. So equally for me, because you're a St. Pat's fan, you'll, you'll have more emotions wrapped around the St. Yeah. Pat's games. For me, it's I'm delighted for every single team that goes out. And you look at, uh, was it Sligo Rovers? Played Bayern Munich. Am I wrong? Was was that them? No, did they play Bayern Munich? I think it was Cork City, really, wasn't it? Cork City, Cork yeah. City against and, Cork uh, Celtic or Cork. Cork no, it was Cork Athletic City. Or... I think. I think it was <laughs> Cork City. Anyway. No, it was Cork City. That's you're you're right. Uh, that was unbelievable. That 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 that's against Bayern Munich. Uh, unbelievable performance they had against them. Uh, I mean, you had Dundalk recently against Bate Borisov. You had Shamrock Rovers against uh, is a Partizan Belgrade. I think they they got a, a victory. Huge moments, and to get into the group stages, there's loads of games there. So. But for me, the one that stood out was Bayern Munich and Cork City. Couldn't even remember who it was. Just off the top of my head there, I was like, I can remember that Cork City. But it's yeah. always stuck with me. Um, uh, 
but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have that as you said if Luke and United get in there at some stage and are, and are out there Luke and United be positive about it say it with the chest <laughs> I, I just don't know if I'd be alive Nate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you're planning a bit of a party when you win the cup are you yeah yeah, yeah 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 you know, it's, it's, it's all it's, listen bows are falling apart it's all happening you know so uh, who, who knows what's, what's yours Nathan yeah so I just said I'd have much more emotional connection no more than yourself I Love in every league of Ireland, genuinely. It doesn't matter who they are. Great to see them doing well. Uh, other fan memories of Pats 2008, UA for Cup run, being Ellsburg, uh, 4 3 in Agri, that late Mark Quigley goal in Richmond. Uh, still, I don't, don't think I've heard a roar in Richmond Park like it. I was only a, a wee lad at the time as well, so it was for a young, impressionable uh, Nathan Doyle. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, we had a nil, it must sound stupid, we had a nil all draw. Here at Berlin and RDS, but I remember being one of the best nil all draws I've, I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Keith Fatty on the day was immense, pretty much got his milk to Birmingham. I heard that performance, yeah. Uh, do you know what? Like, the wins, the wins against Mora and Sophia, Roy, like, they've been really they were huge. big performances, huge. Some of the best away wins for a League of Ireland club that I can remember, two huge wins. Um, but if I'm looking at the best. Look, I'm, I'm gonna stick to my fandom because you know we can always. I can no point me saying, oh, Cork, Cork and Bayern Munich or Atlanta draw nil all to AC Milan in the seventies. Like it's, it's a bit, it seems a bit stupid coming from someone that's twenty six. You know, um, you mentioned it, the Dundalk win of a bat they bore us off. In yeah, my fandom, was was the Euro draw. Uh, they were one nil down from the away leg and then beaten three nil in Tallis Stadium. Uh, again, this is a, this is a bat they saw that were consistent figures in, in the Champions League even away from the Europa League yeah, they, they were constantly in European group stage football I think there was a period from 2008 to 2018 they were in it so for that decade they were in the in uh, group stage of a major European competition for every season bar two and one of them was this because they were dumped out by Dundalk in the, the third qualification round of the Champions yeah. League so Unbelievable achievement uh, to beat a back day boss off like that. They had huge financial backing and were very consistent uh, faces in the group stages. So, yeah, I have to go with that one. Uh, I just think it would be a bit disingenuous to hear a lad of 26 talking about a game in the 70s. Or even some of the shell- Shelbourne had some huge results as well in the early noughties. But, yeah, I, I have to go with the Dundalk and back day win. I'm I'm looking back at the, the Cork City game um, and they, they drew one all against Bournemouth. Now, Bayern Munich are huge. There's like to 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 get a draw against Bayern Munich is huge. I know they didn't win, but to get that draw against they, they had the likes of Effenburg, you know, playing, and you're kind of thinking like these Christian Ziege, these are this is a huge club, and for Cork to yeah. go, not sure. even go, it was in I think it was in Cork, and to get a one all draw, they ended up beating two 0 away in, in the way leg. But I just thought that was absolutely huge. Uh, I'm just looking there. John Caulfield was. Uh, playing up front with Pat Morley in, in these games. So but that was massive. I thought that was massive. They're the they're the big ones. And you look at now the games. Now they're not playing against the big names because they're doing that qualifying, but there's so many huge big teams that are in those qualifying now. And we're kind of seeing a natural progression from Irish teams through these qualifying uh, stages through the first, second, third. And we're getting a good visual of how much we're improving. So, uh, listen, I think there's many, many more European brilliant nights ahead. Um, you just want, you're picking, like, m- I'm picking that Cork one there, one all draw. I can remember that so well because I remember watching it and, and it was brilliant. But 
you want to have famous runs and not famous individual moments. And yeah. we're, we're starting to see that now over the last, well, you can say 10 years, it's not consistent, but it's over the last 10 years that we're starting to see something starting to change, something starting to evolve. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I know there's always one, and I have this conversation with me, missus, she's a big Sligo fan, or even her dad, and they always mention, oh, well, we beat Rosenberg. But yeah, but he's got beaten in terms of 5-0, I think, then in the, in the return leg. So yeah. don't, they don't sort of count for not. Where yeah. if you're looking at the, the Dundalk beating Bat Day, uh, I know they went on to the playoffs. I think it was against Legia Warsaw that season for the Champions yeah. League that they got knocked out. But they found themselves in the group stages of the Europa League. So that that was a brilliant win, uh, sandwiched in between a brilliant European run. So yeah. I think that gives gives them more of a more of a standing than you know beating a side, but then getting spanked by them. Like, the, the it just shows there's a bit more consistency in the teams and the level of quality and the professionalism that's in the in the League of Ireland now, where we know that there's good players who played in the League of Ireland uh, years gone by, but we didn't have that. So the performances were hit and miss. Now there's a bit more yeah. consistency in the performances. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's brilliant to see, isn't it? We're yeah, starting to make a bit, a bit of a stable, a bit of a standing in these European performances and... The, the introduction of the Europa Conference League, hopefully going forward, can only be a positive so we can see ourselves realistically become consistent figures, whether it be just the Shamrock Rovers or a Dundalk. But once we can get one side, one foot in the door, one side become a consistent face in a group stage competition, you're hoping the rest can build on that. Absolutely. You're going now today to see Pats against Ligo. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's Pete behind the court and we're recording this on, on the Sunday. Uh, on the so Sunday, yeah. Looking down and just checking the time. You're getting, you a lift wanna... da- you're getting a lift down with the, the father-in-law, is it, who's a, a Sligo fan. Won't yeah. talk to each other in the stadium. Possibly won't talk to each other on the way home either. So we'd be full of crack going down. We, it's mad, you know, like a, a 26-year-old from Dublin and a... I don't want to say his age, but a man in his 60s. Farmer in his 60s from Sligo. City mouse and farmer mouse. We get on like a house on fire, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an awkward car journey home for somebody. And I'm hoping yeah. it's him. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll buy, it, I'll look, I'll buy me So I, I need to go down to the bookies and back a draw. It's probably going to be the draw. So Yeah, yeah. Nil all, nil all draw. Um, hopefully, anyway, because I'll, I'll have to buy him in 99 on the way home to smell it all. If we do. But, yeah, okay, listen. Nathan, enjoy your day. Uh, for everyone else listening or watching on YouTube, thanks very much for listening. Uh, keep an eye out for everything that we put up in the big kickoff.com, the big kickoff, big kickoff, I'll say again, on any of the social media and uh, enjoy your League of Ireland games during the week. It's getting, we're getting closer to uh, squeaky bum time. It's a good time of the year. Enjoy. <laughs>